All right. What's up, gentlemen? Um, so we are here for episode 33 of Cade Side Combos. We're taking a little bit of a hiatus, but we're coming to you with a little social distancing. And uh, I'll have uh, my uh, guests introduce themselves. Uh, as you guys know, this is Quince. Back again. Always good to, good to see you guys. Good to be back. Right, right. This fine print Williams. I've uh, been on the show once. This is uh, number two for me. So, uh, yeah, I mean, if you if you know me, you know me. If you don't, uh, by, hopefully by the end of this, you will. There you go. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome, man. Um, yeah, and this is uh, this is cool. Um, awesome. We had to catch up a little bit. I know we've all been uh, kind of scattered to the wind a little, but it's uh, shit like this is cool. I've been um, talking about this with some of my some of my friends, you know, because you know everybody kind of in different areas. So like when I talk to people at the gym, or when I actually get a chance to see someone from the gym, uh, all of a sudden it feels like that time didn't exist between, you know. And I haven't talked to you guys really much in a couple of months. You know, interact a little bit on Facebook or through text and stuff. Right. And there, but actually getting a face to face conversation, uh, this is it's pretty cool because it's just normal. You know, it doesn't seem like it's been three months since we talked. You know, it's like oh yeah, we talk all the time. Um, right. So right, that's, right. that's cool, man. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll jump right into it. Uh, today's topic, we're going to talk about, um, planning and worrying. So we'll talk about, uh, kind of the differences in the two. Um, and then, uh, we'll talk about the, uh, the paradox that's created with the importance of planning and the simultaneous importance of being present and being in the moment too. Right. So planning, we have to know, what could come next, what's going to come next, but we can't spend all of our time worrying about that. So how do we stay present and still plan for a productive future? Mm-hmm. I'm just going to leave it right there. Uh, you guys got off of that. Nice, easy, easy in topic right there. <laughs> sure, just, just dive in it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, well, I think um, we've had similar discussions in the past and uh, when it comes to planning and sometimes uh, you can even over plan, you can, uh, you could be underprepared um, and both kind of seem to cause that sort of anxiety, you know, um, you know, uh, sometimes you get lo- or I guess me, you know, I'm speaking of myself. Uh, sometimes I get too lost in the planning and, you know, while it's good to, for me to be able to visualize outcomes, um, cause I think it's a smoother transition to be able to vis- visualize it first. Uh, sometimes I get, too lost in that and so my energy is kind of put out in too many directions at once right. you know what i mean and um and you know i get kind of you know i, I lose sight in what the goal is in the first place and mm-hmm. lose sight of the things that i could be doing now um right. so i think stuff like that kind of, you know causes more anxiety um than not so that, that's interesting you uh so you're saying you Obviously, when we plan, one of the most necessary steps in planning is visualizing is having a goal. But right. you say that you get so wrapped up in, in planning to work towards that goal that you'll lose sight of the goal itself. That I, that I don't even take step one, you know? Right, right, right. Okay. So, you know, the lack of uh, being present and being aware um, yeah. kind of holds me back um, from taking action uh, sure. you know, sure. on what I could be doing in the, in the, in the now. Right. Yeah, so that, that almost steps over into into the worrying uh, kind of category, right? When we when we go from planning, and because I think planning, you know, we talked about before, planning is in conjunction with actionable steps, 
So right. as, soon as, as soon as we're not actively moving forward, we're not, we're not planning anymore. We're living, we're living in those hypotheticals. You know, we're worrying. Um, even if we're optimistic or excited about what's going to happen, I think that's still kind of worrying because you're not actually moving forward, you know? Right. Yeah. No, absolutely. Did that's, I jump ahead? The, the, truth, the truth of that is um, somebody even said most of what we think our reality is, is happening right here. Yeah. You know? And so that's you're pretty much stopping yourself before you even start thinking about the cold shower things. You know what I'm saying? You can stare at it and think about how bad it's going to be, or you can dive right in. You know what I'm right. saying? So that's the whole thing. You can planning is cool, but don't think too much into it because you probably end up talking yourself out of it. You know what I'm saying? That's, right. So it's that you got to find that that nice balance right there because it can be scary once you start thinking about oh what what if this bad thing happens and what's this? Well, I, I, you know what? How about I just stay safe and just not do it at all and that way I don't have to worry about it. Right. So, right. Yeah. Slippery slope. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I like that um um that metaphor of the of the cold shower. I've never thought about it in that context. Um cuz you know, you can plan and say, "Okay, I'm I'm just going to jump into this, get this cold shower out of the way. It's, you know, one or two or five minutes or whatever you're going to do, mm-hmm. but you start worrying about it and uh so I was telling you guys uh when we were talking before, I don't even stick my hand in the shower to see what the temperature is going to be before I do that cuz I know yeah. if I do that, I'm going to start worrying. So that shit's yeah. cold. It hurts a little bit when you get in, you know, so just got to like plan. Okay. My plan is in there for five minutes. Let's see what happens. Yeah. yeah we, uh, we were, went cliff diving just yesterday uh, over at mill site Lake. Um, there was a nice little spot for it. We kayaked over there and um, it's not my usual go-to, you know what I mean? Usually I like to play it pretty safe, uh, but it was a hot day and it was much needed. And so as I was climbing to the top, I'm like, I know as soon as I get up there, and this is me thinking about, as, as soon as I get up there, I'm probably going to free, I'm probably going to second guess myself. I'm probably going to try and justify why I shouldn't be doing it or find an excuse. And, uh, you know, it was, it was Jay and myself. And, and he went first. And he was sure. standing right on the edge, which I knew was a mistake. <laughs> right on the edge and you look over and you're like, why am I here? What am I doing with my life? <laughs> and so, uh, you, know, it t- you know, it took him. Uh, quite some time. And granted, he went first, uh, so there's yeah. a little more risk in it. But it took him, you know, a good five minutes to work up the, you know, that that courage to jump in. But mm. while I was climbing up, I already knew that that was going to happen. And so I'm like, I'm just going to start from the back, and when it's my turn, I'm just going for it. You know what yeah. I mean? I don't have the, the the fear heights looking down right underneath me. Um, mm. So as soon as you know, as soon as they pick the camera up yeah. to record, I just took off. Yeah. I didn't even leave myself any time to think. Uh, but it, but that's like, you know, sometimes that works for me, just getting right into it, um, you know, instead of overthinking it. Well, so we, you know, we could take that example. We can kind of dissect that. And I think that has all of the tendons of what productive planning requires. You know what the risks are. Right. You know what the potential dangers are. You know what the potential setbacks are. So you, you're, you know you're going to get up there. You know, okay, one, you have to have a safe landing spot. Right? right, which luckily for you, Jay went first, so you knew the and water so, was deep. Enough, right? That was rule number so, one. For me. Don't go first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right, so that that's an actionable step in planning. Like I'm going to do this, but I'm not going to be the first one. So we had that. So you check that box off, right? I'm not going to be the one hitting my head on the rocks. So I'll let my friend do that first. 
Number two is you know, you know yourself well enough because you spend enough time in like uh, self-reflection and, and, and honest self-reflection, uh, introspection and all that jazz. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you can say, I know, one, I'm afraid of heights. So if I stand there, I know I'm going to freeze. So I have to avoid that hang up. So you know that it's coming because you've been through the repetitions and stuff before, so you can plan for that. And you know, okay, the water is probably going to be cold, but you know, like uh, we were talking about, you know, doing those cold showers and stuff. That's part of it too. You know, okay, yes, cold water. And for me, I know if I know the water is cold, I get a little afraid, which is a weird thing that I've had to understand, but I'm actually afraid of cold water because I know my body's going to respond negatively to it at first. But again, through the constant repetitions and trial and error and stuff, I know, okay, well, I'm going to be fine after about two or three seconds. So you got that obstacle planned out and you know what to do if and when that happens. Because it doesn't, you know, it's not always going to happen, but it's a very real possibility. So we have to plan for it. (laughs) So you know the potential obstacles, you plan for them, and you said, okay, to avoid these obstacles and make sure I do it, I'm just going to start from the back and send it and not think twice. Mm -hmm. But at that point, it's not reckless because you've already planned all these things out. You know, I have to just pull the trigger. Right. It has to do, like you said, uh, with the awareness of self. Yeah. Because um, it would work. You know, uh, another person can go through similar planning uh, steps and have a different outcome by the time, you know, uh, when it's time to jump off. Right. Uh, so, but knowing how I respond to certain situations, you know, I did plan around that accordingly. Right. Mm. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, I think that's dope right there as far as that self-awareness part. Knowing knowing yourself kind of gives you a, a, a leg up because if you know that you react a certain way in a certain environment or whatever the situation is, then you can kind of counter play against that because you're like, you know what, maybe... I'm not the person that's going to go first because you know what I'm saying? I know that I don't want to do that. And then I'm going to freak out or whatever, whatever, because you know yourself, right? you know, so knowing yourself is a, is a big part about it. And don't put yourself in that situation. Right. That's going to slow you down or stop you. You know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? So yeah, acceptance. Well, that's, um, so, uh, Quince, you and I have been talking a lot about ego and, and, um, doing a lot of, uh, you know, our own personal reading and stuff and that, but it's interesting to see, uh, from, you know, my level of understanding of ego, how that plays into the level of awareness too. Cause there's, there's definitely a point in my life where if I was in that jumping situation that you were in, I would have said, Oh, I want everybody to think I'm the man. I'm going to be the one that goes first. And I would have got up there and there was a very real chance. I would have, I would have got scared and I wouldn't have gone first, you know? Right. But now I'm at a point where I don't give a shit about that ego. I know like, <laughs> there's a lot of situations. I don't want to be the one that goes first. I mean, some, right. you know, sometimes I'll push past it and do it, but man, I hate heights. You know, I'm like, I don't want to land on rocks when I jump, you know? So I would definitely <laughs> like to not be the guy that goes first and I'll set my ego in the back seat. I don't give a shit anymore. I'll let somebody else take that jump. Yeah. That is right. My ego will be standing in the back right with me. <laughs> <laughs> All good. <laughs> yeah um no no very true so i mean jay is uh very you know he has no problem going first and he's like i'm yeah. gonna get up there i'm gonna swan dive i'm gonna do yeah. this and that <laughs> and and don't give me he did it you know he pulled yeah. it off yeah. but when he was yeah. up there he was like he, you yeah. know we yeah. had someone recording below he's like is that recording they're like yeah he's like 
turn it off. <laughs> He's like, together first, and I'll let you know when I'm ready. I'm gonna be a minute, yeah. So that, he, I mean, that's great too. Yeah, knowing uh, you know, knowing Jay kind of, you know, as, as much as they do, but that's definitely his personality, man. He's right, right. And I mean, you know, look at uh. Um, I've you know, had a few chances to talk to him about where, you know, where his life's at and stuff like that. But that's the kind of personality it takes to make those steps. Yeah. You know, I <laughs> think like, all three of us, we're going to progress on our own. And a mm-hmm. uh, mother fucker. This might have to be a two part episode. Apparently, um, I got a 40 minute time limit on this bad boy. So we got about nine minutes left right now, gents. It's going right. to drop us. We'll turn it right back on um, and, and start the recording again. Uh, okay. So pause yeah. the interruption. Um, I thought that that was for meetings with over three people. But apparently, it's for meetings with three or more. So oh, Zoom, gotcha. Zoom got me on this one. But, uh, <clears throat> yeah, so that, that's a learning. That's a point of learning for me, you know. So now I got to grow and be better for that next time. Right. Being so goddamn cheap and buy a, a premium version of something once in my whoa, life. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's not say things we can't take back <laughs> right, nothing right. wrong with two episodes <laughs> yeah right, right. oh man um yeah so uh uh but yeah it's definitely um interesting to see kind of the different personality types and right. their approach to uh their approach to progress you know yeah, i'm kind of know, more of a slow and steady guy myself yeah no it, it is super interesting because you know for him to, to to get that motivation to jump off you know he might need to go first mm-hmm. he might need to do it in the most you know, in the wildest way possible, you know, to, to psych himself up and get that energy. I mean, <laughs> very sure. right. So sure. there's no wrong way. There's certainly no wrong way. Right. right. It's, a, it's, a, it's a preference deal. Some people like to take the plane. Some people like to drive. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. But, you end, but, at, but you end up in the same place, you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I like that. <clears throat> I like that. Yeah. And so, yeah, I definitely, uh, I think that, I think that changes the, the planning, the way that planning looks and stuff too, because, you know, if we look at it, you know, Jay's plan was, I'm just going to get up there and I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. And then when he got there, then he had to figure out all the next steps, you know? And so right. that looks a little bit like worrying sometimes, you know, and he stood up there for five minutes on the edge doing all his planning. Whereas mm-hmm. like you, Quince, you were doing your planning on the way up there. It took you five minutes to climb up and to get in position, you know? So that same five minute time period was just executed at different times. So the same, same steps still have to happen regardless right. of your approach. Right. You know? Yeah. The only difference is mine wasn't on camera like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm not too proud to say I let someone else take the bullet for, for me. So I'll, I'll watch someone else do, do all the planning. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. That's too that, funny. I think, I think that's a, a, a good thing too is, um, Plans work differently for different people. Like you can't always use somebody else's planning method to right. reach the goal. I mean, it's probably not going to work that way for you. Right. You know? So, so seeing how someone else does it, and then you can try it, but it may not work for you. But that doesn't mean that you can't do it. You may just have to come up with another plan. You yeah. Know? So that's that. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, that's what you know. That's what learning is. It. It's hard for us to learn from other people's experiences. You know, we always say that experience is the best teacher. Right. Which is why we, it's hard to give advice. It's hard to receive advice because even if somebody gives us advice, like, you know, the metaphor is the hot stove. They tell you, don't touch the stove. It's hot. And you're like, I get it, but I still have to experience that. So now 
<laughs> the way I've started approaching uh, not only giving advice, but also receiving advice is somebody tells me, don't touch the stove, it's hot. I'm like, all right, I'm going to touch the stove. So now when I tell somebody, I'm like, listen, that stove's hot. So when you touch it, you're going to burn your hand. After you've burned your hand, put on, you know, bandage it up, wash it with cold water, you know, put this kind of cream on it, and that will help the burn heal faster. Right. So I know you're going to do this because I did it too. This right. is what I did after the fact to help me get to that next step more quickly. Mm-hmm. You know, so instead of, instead of not doing it, like I said, I'm going to touch the stove. And I burn my hand and it hurts. Well, the first time I did it, I tried, you know, X, Y, and Z to heal the burn faster. Right. The second time I did it, I tried something different and I healed more quickly. And now I just don't touch the stove because I'm not smart enough to not touch it after the first time. You know? Right. Right. So. It, it, you know, and there was something, um, and that has to do with doing, with taking action, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Because in planning, uh, you, you come to find out that you can't necessarily plan for everything. Uh, right. Just like, you know, I, I jump in the water, I know it's going to be cold, I know it's going to affect my body and my movement or my breathing, but I don't know how, you know what I mean? Right. If I haven't done it before, there's no way I can uh, plan that out. Right. So um, when I was talking before about overthinking, overplanning, sometimes having to keep me from taking that first step sometimes i have to keep in mind you know leave that room for flexibility keep in mind that i'm gonna have to make some of it up right there on the spot yeah yeah that's actually a plan right there like um i plan to not plan you know because sometimes i just dive right in because that works better for me as far as certain things like videos if i'm doing a live or stuff like that yeah i just I say, you know what, my plan is to not plan it out and I just dive right in and then I'll just, you know, hope for the best. You know, I kind of have a general idea of where I want to go with it and then I just let it happen. But, right. that's, but that's that's a plan and not planning, but it, it, it actually works for me better that way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and, you know, and even with that, you know, being that, because I think, uh, and Rick, this is something we've talked about. Um, even with these conversations, uh, we used to have everything structured out, planned to a T. Uh, yeah. But we found that sometimes just that genuine, genuine back and forth conversation, uh, you kind of get um, just more real shit from. Yeah. Uh, and you're not yeah. stuck to, the, to all the talking points. So I, I think what uh, Fine Print is saying is uh, uh, right on point. Because um, sometimes you might come across something just in the convo that wasn't on the page that you know, is, is, is super enlightening. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Even in that planning to not plan, I still think there is a sort of, there are sorts of mental preparations that people, you know, like you, Fine, Pre, uh, Fine P, or uh, um, you, Rick, uh, that we do on a regular basis that allows us to come into a situation uh, yeah. without yeah. a definite plan and right. be able to uh, maneuver. Well, uh, for you guys, at, you know, especially as hip hop artists, you guys freestyle, you guys practice freestyling all the time. You practice not planning. Yeah. You know, you, you turn the beat on, you're just like, all right, whatever comes to mind. And I cannot freestyle. I can't do that. I'm gonna look dumb as shit if I try to freestyle, but I'm sure you guys, you know, the first time you tried to do it, you probably had a similar experience, but now, uh, Quince, like I've, I've seen you just turn the camera on and go live freestyling. Um, on Instagram and stuff like that, it Did just you see that. Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
but I mean, but, it, but that's and that's exactly um, uh, to, to CK's point. Like that's something that I wanted to be more proficient at. Yeah. Uh, so so to practice putting myself in situations um, where there's no plan, you just kind of go with it and put yourself on the spot. And it is, you know, you say the first time you sound like an asshole. Look, the hundredth time. I still might sound like an asshole too, but right. now it still doesn't keep me from continuing on, you know, yeah. and then, you know, and, and, and dope shit will come after that, you know, it'll right. come and go. Um, so yeah. you can't, you can't, you, you, you kind of give up control on that situation. And I think that allows you to move a little bit more freely. Absolutely. Let's real quick guys, hold, hold your train of thought. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to stop this real quick. I'll restart another meeting. Uh, find P as soon as we hop back on and get flowing again, man. We'll we'll pick up right there with you. All right. All right. All right. About forty percent battery. <clears throat> oh, I'm a... oh, you're good. We're re we're recording now, so it, everybody knows now. If you jump off, then okay. Word. <laughs> so so what what I, you want to jump right into it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, right. right, right. Cool, cool. So bouncing off of what Q was talking about, as far as um, even freestyling more often, even while off video and building up that, just that muscle memory and, you know, just knowing how to be able to handle it and the stresses of being on a fly and, and just you, you, that being familiar with it. And then that way, when you start recording, even if you mess up, you're already used to, you're used to it. So you don't let that stop you and say, Oh, I messed up. So I'm just going to, I'm gonna stop it right here. No, you keep going because you you practiced enough to where you've messed up and you know that you can fall right back on and get yeah. it going. And it and as you said, it, it may be bad the first time or maybe bad up to the hundredth time. But that one hundred and the one hundred and first time, you know what I'm saying? That might be golden, you know. But you have to be open to that, and that's why with the whole planning thing kind of plan for to be okay with the chaos of a situation because right. if you if you give up on it or if you stop short of it you can miss out you know right. structure is dope and all but it's not everything you know right. you got to be okay to say you know what let me if things stray off a bit from this that's fine I you know because that may open you up to another world of something else that you didn't even think was possible Right. But you got to be okay with it and be able to to flow with it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It's, so just like you guys were saying, you're used to keeping tight structure of how you wanted the whole thing to go. Yeah. And for some people, if something goes off of that to where it strays away from it, they may freeze and say, oh, you're, this ain't a, I didn't plan for this. Right. You don't know how to handle it. You know, so yeah. you got to be okay with just being able to just let it let it go wherever it goes and be mentally prepared. Yeah. Well, and, and I think the, the key word um, uh, right there that you just said was flow. You know, I, I think the, the flow of things is something that, uh, at least uh, for myself, something that I am after, something that I try and find in conversation and in, in music and in, in different types of work. Um, and I think that's something that planning uh, does allow for, you know, I think planning helps to create a, a flow of things, you know, it gives that structure um, when needed, you know, those guidelines when needed so things can flow ahead, uh, you know, as, as they should. Um, but also uh, not, you know, moving within that structure, 
I think is uh, exactly what we're talking about right now, letting go and, and, and flowing within. And uh, I, I think that's for me is what it's all about. Yeah. yeah. Balance. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yep. That, yeah. So the, the balance, yeah, between, between like a rigid structure and then understanding how, how that structure has to be willing to bend, you know, fluid. Yep. Yep. Okay. Some, sometimes, and, and again, I mean, going back to like the, the freestyle thing and um, I, I do this with, you know, playing guitar and stuff sometimes, sometimes I'll just say, fuck it. I'm just going to play and just let whatever happens happen. And that's no structure. There's no plan. Right. Other times, you know, I say, okay, we're going to play this exact song and then play that song exactly as it was recorded, especially when we're playing, if I'm playing somebody else's music, you know, I'm going to play it exactly how they wrote it. And then there's that beautiful in between, especially when you're playing with a live band, you're doing cover songs and stuff where, okay, you know the song, you know how it's written, you know the start and you know the end. In the middle, you're, you're free to grow. You know, okay, right. as long as you stay mostly within this chord structure, I can play, you know. And then uh, something that, that jumped out to me um, uh, when you were talking, uh, Fine P, is that uh, <coughs> there you, you almost have to plan for failure sometimes. Not necessarily, okay, my goal here is to fail, but I understand that at any given part of my plan, failure is an option, and I'm okay with that. If yeah. you're live, man, sometimes you play a song and you fuck it up, and it just sucks. We've been playing out before where my singer will just look at me and be like, stop. We're off. We're so far off. We can't get this back. Stop. Yeah. Right. That, first time that happened, that's one of the most embarrassing things that can happen to you as a live artist. Just, right. All right, stop. And everybody's like, oh, you fucked up. But – what are you gonna do? Right. What are you gonna do? Play the next song. Play one you play one you know you're good at. You know, but mm -hmm. and then next time we play that song, inevitably we do fine with it. You know, yeah. but you have to you have to have a plan that's accepting of failure. You know. Yeah, mm -hmm. and being okay with it. You know what I'm saying? Like not taking it as in, I just failed. My life is over. No, it's you know what I messed up. You know, um, I'm gonna let's move on. The show must go on. Right. You know what I'm saying? They just keep it going because if you stop right there, then maybe you'll be remembered as a failure. If that's you know that's what that's yeah. the last thing people are gonna see of you. But if you keep going, you got you got a chance to do something that outshines that failure and say, "Yo, but did you see the next thing he did?" Yeah, though? yeah, yeah. Right. Got to yep. keep going. Absolutely, man. <laughs> I uh, one of the things that I that I thought about a ton. Um, I, obviously, I always always find some metaphor for martial arts with, with every single conversation we have and stuff. And <laughs> one of the biggest things I thought about the difference between planning and worrying, I thought very specifically in the context of uh, jujitsu, right? So in jujitsu, the plan is pretty universal and it's very simple. The plan in jujitsu is takedown, control, submit. It's a three part plan. The, the, the fight starts standing, you take the opponent down, you get them in a controlling position and you submit them, whether you, you strangle them, you choke them unconscious, you break their arm or leg or whatever. That's the idea. It's very simple. Now, each one of those goals, right? So those are our goals. We have three goals to get to that ultimate one, right? So we've taken the, the ultimate goal of submitting and we broke it down into three goals, path markers along the way, right? And so this is a structure we use for everything, right? Uh, the cliff diving quince was get on top of the rock, jump into the water. Right, the ultimate goal is to jump into the water, but we have to get on top of the rock. You know? So we have benchmarks along the way. So jujitsu, take down, control, submit. Now, when you're taking somebody down, I'm not a good wrestler. 
I'm not a good judoka, right? I'm, I'm not good at judo. I'm not really good at takedowns. I've got good defense. So that means if I want to get the fight to the ground, sometimes I have to force that person to try to take me down and I have to capitalize on one of their mistakes. Or I have to try to shoot. And a lot of times that's where I fail. You know, as soon as I end up under that person, they're going to defend. They're going to put me on the ground and I'm going to be in a bad position. Well, that looks like failure, but the goal of the takedown is to put somebody on the ground. The goal is to go from standing to being on the ground. Okay, so in a way I succeeded. I'm not on top. I'm not in a controlling position, but that's my next goal, right? I don't have to worry about what happens if I fail right now. I don't have to worry about, okay, maybe I shoot a double leg. Maybe I shoot a single leg. Maybe I throw. Maybe I get taken. I don't have to worry about any of that because once we're on the ground, then it's on to the next step, right? So success can look differently. Ultimately, I was successful. Now, I'm just in a different situation where I have to approach the control aspect differently, but I know ultimately from takedown to the ground, there's only two possibilities. I'm on top, they're on top. That's it. That's all I have to plan for. But if I worry about having to be the one on top, then if I end up on bottom, then I'm stuck for a minute, then I have to replan. Right. You know? So it's just, okay, then that's the freestyle of it. I don't know exactly what's going to happen. I know the things I'm good at. Right. I don't necessarily know the things they're good at. And that takes me kind of down another path too, is understanding, all right, what problems am I going to cause? What problems are my opponent going to cause? Or what problems is the environment going to cause? You know, if it's a street fight situation, if somebody's attacking me outside of a bar and we're on the curb, there's a drop off, you know, we're, we're in a gravel parking lot. There's certain environmental situations that are going to come up too that I don't have control over, but I have to have a plan for potential. Okay. The ground's loose, right? Or my opponent's a really good wrestler or I'm hurt or, you know, whatever. I have to have specific plans because I know things that I'm responsible, things that my opponent are responsible for, things the environment are responsible for, right? <laughs> but that still doesn't ultimately stop my goals, right? I know, okay, takedown, fight's got to get to the ground. doesn't matter what problems come up. I have to have plans back to this main goal. Once we get on the ground, I've got to get control. What does control look like? Can I, can I control them from the bottom or do I have to be on top? then what does the submission look like? Am I going to punch them in the head until they, they fall asleep? Am I going to capitalize? Are they going to stick their arms out? Am I going to have to take that? Am I going to break their wrist, break their arm, whatever, you know? So I don't necessarily go into the situation with a particular submission in mind or a particular takedown in mind or a particular controlling technique in mind. But, and that's, that's the point. That's why you practice jujitsu is because now I've learned every single day that I practice, I, I refine some aspect of that. You know, I refine, I guess, my freestyle in that situation. Right. right. Ultimately I have a goal. I kind of have something in mind of what I want to do, how I get there is going to change. And especially in sparring when I'm training with my, my friends, my training partners and stuff, failure is part of that. Okay. Maybe I lose the takedown. All right. Well now, now I have to worry about the control. Maybe I lose the control situation. Now I just got to not get submitted. Oh fuck. I got submitted. I tap, I failed. I learn. I start again. Mm-hmm. And then again, in training too, even if I have success, even if I win the takedown, win the control, win the submission, I still learn what I can do better. I learn what works for me. I learn what I'm good at. I can refine these techniques. Now I start having go-tos, you know, say I'm guessing it's pretty similar when you guys freestyle, you have certain topics. Maybe sometimes you're like, oh man, this is what I'm feeling right now. You have certain lines. I'm sure you probably use once in a while to kind of get you back to that flow state, you know, but they come from, okay, 
these are the things I'm good at. These are the kind of styles I'm good at. These are the beats I like. These are, you know, these are the number of drinks I need to have before I can get in that zone, you know, shit like that. But it's through constant repetition and it's that acceptance of failure along the way that keeps us from worrying because we failed enough times. Now we don't have to worry about failing. We yeah. plan, okay, failure is an option. And then I overcome that. Right. Yeah. I think that's one of the things that comes with uh, planning is, uh, is you do, you have expectations for it. And um, if you, if I rely too heavily on those specific expectations, um, sometimes even if I get there, um, and I don't get there the way that I thought. Sometimes, you, you know, we talk about success and failure. Sometimes you can succeed, but it's usually, you don't feel that way. You know, yeah, yeah. you yeah. thought it was going to come out a different way. Um, you, you're, you're hoping to do this. You're hoping to do that. But um, I, and I think this is what the planning does. You know, the, you know, the preparedness does. It does create that outline for you to move uh, in between. You know, you're talking about, um, you know, songs that you practice songs that you're playing out and if you go by that plan and that structure enough to where now you can do this without having to think about it you start finding the flow within these things and that can change every time you can play the same song uh a different way you know every time um but that doesn't come just from winging it the first time right you can't hop right in a in a fight and, and just wing it um without taking those uh uh, steps beforehand and practicing and planning. So, you know, it, it helps build that baseline in which as you get to the next level, uh, you can move in and out of. Uh, and it's that, I think, you, as you were saying, CK, it's all about that balance of both, being able to do both. Right. And I think, I think with what you just said, it just makes perfect sense as far as the planning and all of that stuff and the repetition and over and over and over and over and over again, all you just did was make it that your brain ha doesn't have to work hard anymore to right. execute those things. So all that repetition and practicing just freed your mind up to think about other things. And that's when you're able to tap into that flow of things because it's like, I'm not concerned with all this other stuff because my muscle memory kicked in. I already know how to adjust with the situation. Now, mm -hmm. I can think about this. If it's if it's music, now I can go into this riff. I'm just gonna go, I got this in-between time right here where it's free. I can do whatever I want. Yep. But all of that practicing and stuff, it's just bang, okay, done. Now what else can I use my mental space for? And then that's yeah. where the magic happens right there. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's I mean, uh, <clears throat> you know, we talk about uh, you know, again, in training, it's, it's fundamentals, 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 fundamentals. It's the basic because uh, especially like in striking, man, I, I always tell my students and Quint, you and I have talked about this a lot when we, you know, we're going and we're sparring and stuff like that. What you're going to do when you're under duress is what you already know. Yep. So when you're put in a challenging situation, your mind's on autopilot. So when we drill, when we practice fundamentals. You drill that jab 10,000 times. The goal of a jab, again, it's very simple. I want to take this hand, I want to put it on their face, and I want to bring it back to my face and be protected. So much shit can happen in there, right? right. But if you know as soon as you're under, under duress, as soon as you're in trouble, you come back to here, your hands are up, you're shelled, you're moving. If that's your default, the flow in between that is, okay, so he's trying to hit me. I'm protected. Now I can improvise. I can slip. I can move out to the side. I can cut an angle. I can look to counter punch. But – 
Yeah, and I mean, Quince, you felt this too, man. When you take some time off from the mats, the first time you come back sparring, feel how rusty you are. Feel how many times, you know, we come in in the first round, you go to throw a punch and you see the other guy flinch. Oh, yep. shit. Yep. We're out of practice, you know? Yep. <laughs> and it, it takes time. It takes that. Now we got to, oh, fuck, I got to go back to just remember to keep my hands up and, and you know, and stay in the pocket and stay protected. And breathe. And breathe. <laughs> yeah, breathe, breathe, breathe. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, it's I mean, just like just like you were saying, uh, Fonky, is that uh, constant? It's that constant repetition. You got it. You got to make that automatic. And everything we do is a perishable skill. You know, if, I'm sure if you guys don't if you guys don't rap for a while, if you don't freestyle for a while, when you try to come back into it, it probably takes you a little while to get loose, get back in the zone. You know, feel like your timing's off, your rhythm's off. I mean, that's that's the exact same wording I use when I'm talking striking. My timing's off, my rhythm's off, my movement's off, the flow is off. You know, I got to go back. I just got to sit there, hit a bag, and just throw a jab 20 times, throw a cross 20 times, slip and roll. I, I got to do those things to rebuild that fundamental base. And then once I get that back, then I can, okay, now I'll start working on some of that fancier footwork, some of the more fun stuff, you know. But right. you got to have that automatic, that that structure to build on and refine that flow. You know, you got to have that plan. Right, because the, the shock, the initial shock of things comes from just not being familiar with it. But if mm -hmm. you've done all of that, you keep you keep visiting those, uh, whatever it is, that exercise you're doing, and you keep doing it, now you're ending up in different situations of that particular thing you're doing. So now you may have been in 10 different situations. So now you're not shocked when you start seeing things. You're like, oh, yeah, I, I did this before. Or I faced this before. Oh, I did this before. So now it doesn't freeze you up because yeah. <laughs> you recognize it, you know? Yeah. And that's that's what it's all about. I mean, that's the beauty of the planning and practicing and all of that stuff is just to make right. it so you, when you're faced with it, you recognize it. Yeah. You know, and, and yeah. of course, you can't plan for everything. That's some things you're going to learn along the way, yeah. you know, and then you just add that to your list for next time, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I think it's if, if you're on the outside looking in and watching a performer, uh, you know, or you're watching fighters or we'll use athletes. You know, you look at an athlete and you're like, well, this dude is six, six, can jump out the building. He was born to play basketball. Um, so you're watching the game and it looks effortless, but what you don't necessarily see is, you know, the, the, the Kobe's or the Jordans or the, the, the Steph Curry's shooting 400 shots before the game. And these are people that have been doing it their entire life and they're still putting up these shots before the game. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, and, and so all of that practice, all of that muscle memory, they, you know, you might be born talented, but to stay sharp and to stay focused and certainly to stay, uh, uh, be one of the best at what you do or what you want to do. Um, it's constant practice, yeah. you know? Yeah. So you don't even start to build up that rust. You know, yeah. I, I think that's what some of a lot of the greats do. Yeah. That's, that's crazy that you said that. I mean, that automatically, um, what, what do they call it? Shame, shameless plug, you know, just goes off of what you just said. The video that I put up yesterday, there was a line in there that mirrored exactly what you said. I said, you lose something when you press the snooze button. What mm. it takes to get places is camouflaged by wealth. You know, you see the success of the situation only, you know, but what it took to get there, you don't see it. You just see the money. Oh, I want that lifestyle. But you don't know what all they did to get there. The nights they stayed up, lost all the sleep, you know, the 
the bruises, you know, the the relationship loss, everything they went through, all you see is the glamour, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's it's crazy how that works, man. But it's a lot of work that gets put in that people don't they everybody forgets about it. As soon as they see the success, that's all they want is the success, mm-hmm. but right. not the pain that goes into it. Right. Mm-hmm. Planning and the work. Absolutely. Yeah. That's uh man, I <laughs> love that. Love that shit, man. One of the um read uh uh I I, I want to say it was in uh, one of Gary Vee's books um but basically if if you want to be a millionaire if you think you know like you said if you see that glamour if you see that success if you want to be that learn what that takes don't don't even do anything yet just learn what that takes learn what that guy's lifestyle is find out what that person's daily routine is Find out how long it's been there. And you say sacrifice relationships, late nights, early, because it's not, it's not just being tired. You know, if it was just a lot of work, if it was just being tired, I think a lot more people would be successful. It's right. sacrifice. You know, it's sacrifice. It's, it's not, you know, again, if you want to be a millionaire, it's not spending money on frivolous things. And if we're being honest, frivolities are what make life fun. You know, we, there's not a lot of necessary fun. You know, everything we do for fun is extra. Yeah. You know, if, if you have a certain goal, if you want to get there, if you want to be a millionaire, if you want to be a champion, it's every single thing you do and every single moment of your life is dedicated to that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's you, you have to read. You have to learn how to invest. You have to learn how to plan your finances. You have to skimp. You have to do the bare minimum to get by. You have to get rid of all the, the pomp and frills of life. You don't get to have as many friends. You don't. The relationships are freaking hard when you're goal oriented, especially when you have a lofty goal, you want to be a millionaire, when you want to be a world champion, when you want to be the best in your field, you know? So you sit there and, and this, honestly, probably the biggest piece of advice I got that made me not care about material wealth anymore. I, I, I don't give a shit to be, be a millionaire anymore because I actually started learning and looking at the guys that were successful and had all this money and those motherfuckers grind, man. Like, I, I, I like to think the three of us, you know, work pretty hard in our own, in our own areas and a lot of self-improvement and stuff, but holy shit, man, you look at those guys and it's, it's 20 hours a day for years and years and years at a time. And they're, every single one of them has multiple divorces. Uh, they have estranged relationships with their kids. And there, I mean, there's a trail of tears behind that. I probably shouldn't even, probably a less extreme version of that word to use, but I mean, there's, you know, it's it's destruction, it's pain behind them, you know, and then they, they get to this place and that the cliche is, you know, people that have material wealth oftentimes aren't happy. Well, no shit. They're not happy. Look at what it takes to get there. I don't want that. I don't want that kind of work. I don't, that goal is not that important to me, you know, shit like this, being able to have a conversation with people that, have similar goals and have similar, you know, requirements out of life. I mean, as soon as we get off here, I'm going to go outside and sit in the, sit in the sunshine, go down to the Creek with the girl and the dog. You know what I mean? Like that to me, boom, that's it. The the Mexican fisherman story we talked about before Quince, you know, like I'm not going to grind like that for a life that I could already have if I reframe that mindset, you know? So I know what that planning is. I'm not about it. Very good. Yeah, yeah. It's like you, it's um. What do they call it? So is it subjective? Is is that the word that they say when success is? It's pretty much what you think subje- uh, success is. 
You know, it's yeah. just it's your idea of it. But exactly. when you're chasing someone else's idea of success, that may not be the thing that's even going to make you happy. It right. made them happy, but that's right. what worked for them. You know, right. but when we, uh, oh, I, I got to, in order for me to be, think that I'm successful, I need the mansion and the 50 cars and the yeah. this and this and that. That, if you don't get that, that whole time while you don't got that, you're miserable. Yeah, I'm not successful yet, but that yeah. person who has all that may be looking at what you got and be like, man, I I missed that. My yeah. mind was in so much peace back then. Now yeah. everybody's pulling at me from every different direction. Everybody wants something. Uh, I, you see, so it's it's all about perspective, you know? And I think, I, I think a lot of us are more successful than what we believe we are. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely, yeah. No, yeah. for sure. I um I was just I had the opportunity to go and see some family uh, last weekend. I think it was out on Cayuga Lake, and um uh, I saw my two brothers and uh my one had, one brother brother had been up from the city, and it was late night, and we just got in the conversation. You know, he's he's a very successful individual. He's very driven. Um, you know, we're talking uh, six you know six figures at a corporate job. You know, corporate uh uh. Uh, management job and he's good at what he does but he says he, he's got the money you know he's got the things that he has set out for um but the things that start slipping you know whether it's relationship whether it's his own health um sometimes it's not worth it you know he's got to go he's thinking about uh i mean you know not an early retirement but stopping for a little while and taking up something that he really just enjoys to do mm. and where he needs to be because he's like you know sh you should see it the place that he had in new york was beautiful up on like the 40th story and you could see the empire state building and msg and you know all that other great shit but he's like he's like look man i don't even have time to go up to the roof and relax he's like i'm constantly traveling i'm constantly grinding and he's mm. like and it's not just me he's like everyone i work with or come into contact are still making these sort of sacrifices and to some people you know he's like He's like, some of the people that I work with, he's like my boss, because I think he's a VP even. Uh, he's like his boss. Uh, he's on his fourth marriage because the dude always just puts work ahead. And I don't know, maybe maybe he doesn't mind, but I'm sure that shit is stressful. Uh, not only for uh, him, but, you know, whoever is in a relationship with or whoever, you know, is in his family, um, that's going to affect. And he's, and my brother's just like, I don't want to be in that position. You know, the money's good. I, I, I know what it's like to have money um, and I've gotten used to it, but he's like, I know that I'm going to have to probably change my lifestyle um, and, you know, and live by whatever means uh, 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 I can um, so I can get that balance back into my life. Yeah. You know, and, it, and, it, and it's real. And it just, you know, having a conversation with him, if you guys have met him, you'd know how very driven he is and self-motivated. So to hear him have this sort of insight was, uh, it, 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 it was refreshing. It was surprising, but it was yeah. refreshing. I think, I, I really think it speaks to the, the truth of it. Cause I mean, as, as much as kind of a little self-reflection I've been going, I, I feel a little bit arrogant saying, you know, like this, I'm, I'm living, I'm living the life right now, but I, I mean, I, it, it feels true to me, you know? Yeah. And I think there's a certain amount of truth. Uh, Quince, we talk about this a lot. When we, when you and I have a conversation or when we find something in our own personal meditations and then later we read it or hear it from somebody who's, who's also been there, you know, like, 
uh, when I started studying stoicism, so much of the shit I read, I was like, wow, I've, I've had that thought. And, uh, but it's, it's reinforced by people who have, by more legitimate sources, you know? So when you talk about your brother, who is, uh, all the trappings of, of material success. And then he says, he's like, man, I got to pump my brakes. I got to find something meaningful. And like, right. Right. you hear somebody say that, man, that's just so profound. And it's such a, um, I mean, I'm grateful that your brother is going through that so I can learn from it, you know, and, and for you, obviously you, you sharing that story with us and everything. And that's a significant thing, you know, for, for him to go through those toils and for him to share that experience and have that perspective, man, he's enriching people's lives by having that understanding, by going through those, those steps, you know, he's, he's touching the stove. He's saying it's hot. I believe him. I'm not going to, I'm not going to touch that stuff, you know? Absolutely. So, but it, but it's just, it's so amazing. It's so reinforcing. And it's so, uh, those are, I mean, endless moments of inspiration you get from seeing things that you think you understand. Cause I think I understand that. I've never had money like that. I've never been through it. I don't know that I understand it. You know, mm -hmm. uh, like you, you guys both said in different ways, this conversation, like you have to have that experience to know it and to grow through it. I don't have to have that experience. I can see, I believe the people that have been there now, you know? Right. Um, so that's, I, I, you know, I hope that he makes those steps and I hope that he finds that, you know, that, that relief that he's looking for for sure. Yeah. Be, being able to adjust and see, um, you know, how they say different people learn different ways. Some people have yeah. to go through it. Some people can learn from somebody else's experience. You know what I'm saying? It's, as long as it's a person, a trustworthy person, someone you believe. Yeah. You're like, yeah, this yeah. person went through it. I'm going to take that word for it. You know? yeah. That's, yeah. A, that's a beautiful thing because it's like, all right, you, you're living something that I'm trying to attain. Yeah. You're telling me something true about it. Okay, well, yeah. maybe I need to go back to the drawing board and, and think about yeah. that. You know, that was um, a meme or somebody said something about Jim Carrey, I, I believe, that he said, I wish that everybody uh, gets success or gets wealthy or famous or whatever it is. So they can see that it's not that it's not the it's not what you want. It's not all that yeah. you think it is, yeah. you know. And that's just like from somebody as big as him, <laughs> yeah. Saying that it's like, come on, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Things, man. Absolutely. Um, hey guys, we got about five. Well, we have seven minutes. I'm gonna try to keep it to five so we can stop this recording and then and then hop off of here um, <laughs> before before we just get kicked off abruptly. Um, but yeah, this holy shit, guys! This has been awesome. Uh, flew by. Time flew by. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That I mean, so forty, almost forty minutes again on the the second one. That'll round us out to about an hour today, guys. And I I could definitely sit here for longer and keep keep riffing. Um, yeah. But I know we, uh, Quince. Obviously, you got beautiful places to be today. Um, CK, I see you got the young man there with you, so I'm sure you guys got some fun stuff planned for the afternoon. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's always a, a beautiful thing, um, and even with the little man, I mean, we, we plan and we don't plan, you know, but at yeah. the end of the day, we have a great time doing what, yeah. whatever it is that comes about, you yeah. know, but one, one last thing that, you know, see, I, I, hear, I heard you guys say something that's putting that on my mind as far as, with the whole plan thing, as far as to how somebody's life is going to end up, how you want, or whatever you think success is, or this, or that. Sometimes, you know, you got to start thinking that about other things because when you work so hard for something because you just 
banked on it. You just put your all, this is what's gonna make me happy. Planned about it, all, 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 all. You get there, and but you've never experienced it. But once you finally get it, then you realize, well, I'm still not happy. This, you see what I'm saying? A lot of people end up in that situation, and that's where the sadness and depression and this and so it's just something that some for people to think about. You know, yeah. you can if you've never experienced it, don't bank on it and say yeah. that this is going to be the cure. You know, the uh. Um, so I've been listening to a lot of uh, Coach Trevor Whitman. Um, most uh, most notably, uh, he's um, the coach for Justin Gagey, who just won a uh, championship fight last weekend or the weekend before in the UFC. Um, Trevor Whitman's, uh, I think he's got 18 people that he's coached to world titles and stuff. So he's, he's a prominent coach. And I was listening to him talk about success and about being a world champion and, and the mentality of being a world champion. And he said, the thing that stuck with me so much, he's like, when you get there, nothing changes. When you, he said, when you get your hand raised, when they put that strap around you, he said, your world doesn't look any different. You still go home to the same house, the same girl, the same friends, the same work. It doesn't look any different. So don't put it in your mind that once you get to the top, that all of a sudden your world's going to change. And from a guy who's been there and, and put so many athletes through those steps and can say that, that shit hit me hard, man. It, it, so and I don't want anything to change. And that that's, you know, kind of for me, it was a reaffirmation. Like I, my goal of, of self-improvement, man, when I get to the top, I don't want things to change. Right. And that's pretty, that's pretty awesome, man. Yeah. And I don't know how many times, um, both, even in separate conversations with you, Rick, and uh, with you, CK, that, uh, you know, money, you know, money is – or. It, whatever you think is the reason that it might be outside of yourself. I mean, you got to be sure, you know, like I'm not, I don't do what I do because I think it's going to make me a million dollars. You know, I'm not a, you know, I'm not a, a, a musician in upstate New York because I expect <laughs> them to come and follow me, but right. I, I do what I do because I enjoy who that makes me every day and yeah. increasingly. So being better at these certain things uh, brings me joy. You know, meeting people with uh, like-minded people and having these sort of conversations yeah. brings me joy continuously. Yeah. yeah. And so it is, it, you know, it's, re, it's, it's constantly redefining what that success is for you. And I don't know if we're going off a topic from, you know, the preparedness um, to, to I, I got, where we're I at now. I to wrap it all up, so don't you worry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, but we'll, we'll go go ahead and do that, man, because I, I keep going in and in on it. Yeah, yeah. So um, <laughs> I, I think the, the planning is important, but it's it, at the end, it's all about the work. Plan, plan to yeah. work, yeah. you know, and that's, I mean, something I think we can all resonate with, man, is just loving the work. If you love the work, life life's a breeze, you know. Yeah. Right. Plan, work, be flexible. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, guys. So thank you so much for, for taking the time um, to chat with me today, this, this beautiful day. Uh, gentlemen, I look forward to doing it again soon. Absolutely. Hey, thanks for having guys. me, man. It's always, always an awesome experience, man. Absolutely. Always a pleasure, guys. You guys go enjoy the day. Likewise. Peace, fellas.